Hello, it's Jack here from Episode Party, letting you know that we're doing a request special later on this year, 2018. And we'd like your podcast recommendations in order to discuss them, have a chat about them. We'd love to hear what you're listening to. Um, Freddie, if people want to get in touch and tell us about podcasts that we should be listening to so that we can discuss them on the podcast, what should they be doing? So, Jack, what we need people to do is to record a voice memo with their recommendation. You've heard the show, and if you haven't heard the show, you're about to hear the show. (laughs) And give us a line about what your recommendation is and why you love it. Record a voice memo and then email it to hello at episode.party. If you send it over as a voice memo, we'll safely assume that you're cool for us to play it out on the show when we record it at the end of the year. If you prefer that we didn't play your voice out on air, then you can just send us a email, a standard plain text email with your recommendation instead. We'll probably give you a little shout out, but because you haven't sent us your voice, we've got no way of playing your voice out. And if we did, that'd be really creepy. <laughs> Um, but we'd, we'd just love to get as many different recommendations from listeners as possible and we'll do our best to get through as many as possible ready for our end of year show fabulous yeah we'll have a chow down on all your recommendations so get in touch thanks and enjoy the show Welcome to Episode Party, the podcast where we talk about our favourite podcasts. I'm Jack Cheater. I'm Freddie Harrison. And our guest today, bringing us a particularly special episode, is independent sawmill operator and my friend Jack Fry. Jack, hi. Hello, how are you? Nice to be on. It's great to have you on as well. Yeah, hello. Um, So this is a different episode to our usual one. Freddie and I have absolutely no suggestions to give whatsoever. No. We have observed or i've observed you may have as well freddie that history seems to be a hole in our podcast recommendations they don't come up that often um unless they're kind of like funneled through storytelling like memory palace or the kitchen sisters or something do you know what i i didn't even think about it and then until you suggested this episode and then i kind of realized how terrible it is that we've missed off this gigantic kind of category of yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I'm, I'm sure it's i'm sure it's a mixed bag but i'm sure there are some really really good shows that we've completely missed off the radar well what a teaser so i mean we've had the history had, checks uh, on. history chicks on as well didn't you we did indeed yeah they were great and obviously gave us a little window into uh to history um but we thought we'd have a, a bit more of a thorough examination now seeing as yeah our recommendations all seem to completely disregard the past so we've got Jack Fry, and the reason that I thought of you, Jack, is because, I mean, the anecdote that comes to my head is going round Europe with you in a van and seeing more churches than I ever have a desire to see ever again. But I've got a feeling that you're the main driving force behind choosing basically everywhere we stop to go visit an old historic church. So I figured that, you know, is a good indication of your love of history and probably means that you're the man for the job. Is that right? Uh, yes, I do love history. I think I did force you to go to lots of historical sites, <laughs> but you did force me to go to a gig that started at 6am in Bar- Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, so and an Italian <laughs> poetry out for... night, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fairly even, yeah. really. <laughs> so why do you love history, Jack? I mean, it's something that, you know, in the time that we've been friends, probably like 12, 13 years, has been something that upon which we diverge i just don't feel the inclination to go back into history and to to mine it but you clearly do so what is it why history why is that the central love of yours well first of all i think it's escapism but that's why lots of people are into uh, lots of different things apart from that i think i like the feeling of progression you know you start somewhere in history and then you go forward to somewhere else in history or right up to the present day. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about it. I don't really like, you know, the dark ages or the decline of things. So I did ancient history 
at uni and that was Greeks and Romans but I, I don't really like learning about uh, the decline and fall uh, of the Roman Empire or the Dark Ages. Then I sort of pick up history again, my interest around the Enlightenment uh. because it feels like progression again I suppose. Um, not that we're progressing to anything specific but just uh, I don't like going backwards I suppose. Right. That might be why I like it over, you know, instead of, you know, being really into music or art or something like that. The progression. That's what I'd say. Nice. The progression. I'm just thinking about the recommendations that you've put forward today, all of which actually centre on a certain subject that has some kind of positive progression within them. So on that note, why don't we kick into our first recommendation or your first recommendation of three history podcasts that you've put to us. Freddie and I have gone away and listened to them and uh, done what we can to keep up um <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah go for it okay so the uh first one i think is going to be uh, revolutions this is by a guy called mike duncan he actually uh, started a podcast series about Rome, the history of Rome, and that was hundreds of episodes long, and I listened to that, really liked it, and then he started this series called uh, Revolutions, and the podcast episode I recommended was the first episode on the French Revolution. So he's already covered the British Civil War, English Civil War, really, and the American Revolution, and then he gets up to the French Revolution. And have you listened to the others? Yep, I've listened to uh, all of the his first lot about Rome, and I've listened to the uh, English Civil War and the American Revolution. And the next one after the French is the Haitian Revolution, but I haven't listened to that yet, partly because I binge listen to these and it takes <laughs> up so much of my time. I don't. I know when I start, I just won't stop, and I will. <laughs> You know, to the extent where I'm not doing work that I should be or, you know, I'll just be in a corner somewhere listening to this. So you've listened to a few already. Why the French Revolution? Why was that the one that you picked for us to listen to or at least to get a little taste of? Uh, I guess because it's good to know... If you want to get someone into history, you want them to know a little bit about something that you're going to tell them already. Mm. So I was hoping you knew a bit about the French Revolution already. Mm. You know, obviously, at least Napoleon, I'm sure you've heard of him. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and the other reason was, as Mike Duncan says in the podcast, uh, it's extremely important. Uh, a, a massive revolution uh, that led to the Napoleonic War that um, affected the whole world, really, and the, uh, and the path of history. Mm. So I wanted to, a big one for you guys to listen to. Well, it's certainly uh, been the fuel of a lot of theatrical productions, hasn't it, Freddie? We did go and see um, a, tale, uh, a theatrical production of The Tale of Two Cities the other night, which is loosely set around the French Revolution. So uh, we, we felt we felt weirdly primed for this, I'd say. <laughs> um, yeah. Although well, I wish I'd actually had listened to the podcast before I saw the production, because it might have even made more sense then. Yeah, certainly less singing in Mike Duncan's particular rendition of the whole thing. But um, So I, I'll go first, I guess. So I'm kind of familiar with Mike Duncan a little bit because I did a few years ago, maybe on the back of your recommendation, Jack said to myself, right, I'm going to start listening to that History of Rome podcast, probably because I felt inadequate in your company about history. I was like, right, I'm going to go and get myself a bit savvy with it. Um, and never did. So uh, I, I, I was very much aware of this podcast as a potential, or the history of Rome as a potential project that never came to fruition. Uh, so revolutions, I was very intrigued to hear basically what I'd missed in not diving in all those years back. And um, I really like these kind of podcasts where it's basically just someone and a single voice talking for half an hour, but knowing that they have the storytelling nous to push through it and to make it interesting. And I thought this was actually really interesting as a primer. I mean, I, I know about the French Revolution, but to the extent that I know that it's a thing, I don't really know any of the details of it. So this is all learning for me. Um, and I think it's great that this whole episode is dedicated to scene setting. I think that really 
delivers an understanding um, that Mike Duncan has that there are people coming into this from, say, my background of not being very historically minded and needing to get up to speed with the exact lay of the land before we can let that narrative slip into it. I mean, as we said previously, I mean, Freddie and I uh, are really only history podcasts that have come up so far have been primarily storytelling podcasts that happen to have a historical casing, whereas this podcast seems to be very much at the moment about the details and about the history itself being the the primary focus. So uh, I really enjoyed it. And I thought it's great that humor was threaded through it. Obviously, when it is just one voice, I think if it's just a a draw and it's one emotional hue for the entire thing, that's going to get pretty blunt quite quickly and quite boring. But yeah, it was it was great. And also, actually, I'm reading a book at the moment about craftspeople. So the whole thing about the guild system is something that resonated with me. So that, you know, alongside the uh, theatrical production we just mentioned, I felt very primed for this one. So, Freddie, what, what do you think? Yeah, I um, I really, really enjoyed it, actually. I, I Again, I think, you know, Jack's probably spoke to our kind of lack of historical knowledge or perhaps historical <laughs> ignorance, we home. could go as far as to say. I mean, I, I think, I, you know, I think, Jack, you mentioned your kind of history at the beginning. I think my history with it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I didn't think history was cool until I left school and then I got a bit older and I started to realise how important it was and how much it impacts on stuff that happens today or at least you know has has some kind of bearing on it and that's when I started really getting interested in kind of what's come before and how we've got to the points we have and as you say the kind of progress of things so again I didn't really know the kind of history of the French Revolution beyond that bit in school where they talk about guillotines and everyone gets really excited by the idea of someone's head getting chopped off Um, but that's probably about my, my knowledge is limited basically and I found this a really lovely accessible introduction to something i think that when you delve into detail sometimes it has a tendency to get a little bit dull and i don't think that's what happened here i felt like the level of detail was like good enough that we got a really good grounding in what happened and what led up to the french revolution but um at the same time it it did really hold my attention that's probably due to the fact it's only half an hour as well it's obviously meticulously scripted it's obviously really well written Mm. and i think that's probably the most difficult part of putting together a podcast like this i noticed this has got like this is episode 3.1 but there's does it go into like 3.19 or beyond that there's 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 a lot of episodes per event that's covered am i right in thinking yeah there's uh especially for this one in this revolutions podcast the smaller revolutions have uh less episodes but uh the french revolution is massive and you know it's tens of episodes yeah what do you think of that bias i mean i guess it's difficult to overcome but say the smaller revolutions what's a smaller revolution like one that has less historical documentation i mean i guess that means there's less fuel for you know talking about it but what do you reckon? Yeah, definitely that's the case. But um, length would be right. <laughs> length of the revolution. Uh, I mean, he does, you know, start with uh, with the French Revolution. You know, he starts with Louis the Sixteenth and then uh, goes right up to Napoleon. Right. Whereas, you know, the Haitian Revolution, you know, that's a really it's a smaller revolution. It's uh, doesn't have such an impact on the world at that time and it's just a one island in the caribbean yeah lots of different measures i suppose yeah no that makes sense one of my questions that i'd written down here was to ask you whether you'd listen to the entire thing like this uh, the the particular series on the french revolution but but given your previous confession about your listening habits i guess you have is that the case yeah yeah i have and I, i wanted to ask so He's laid down the groundwork. Mike Duncan's laid down the groundwork in this episode, uh, set the foundations for the French Revolution, really, you know, um, the start of the problems. Yeah. Did you, at the end of this episode, did you two feel like you wanted to press play on the next one or or not? <laughs> yeah, I actually queued up the next three. Um, and then I got slightly intimidated by how many more next ones I'd have to listen to to get to the end of the French Revolution. <laughs> but that's not to say that I won't listen to them, just that I thought for my own kind of like 
inability to to not feel overwhelmed by these things i thought i'll queue up three i'll get through three and then you know later on i'll do the other three or maybe i'll get like you jack and i won't be able to stop listening to them and this will be the only podcast i listen to for some time which is wholly impractical when you do a show that relies on listening to lots of podcasts but absolutely we'll give it a go yeah totally I've just checked, and it's 55 episodes you'd have oh, to wow. invest, Freddie, oh, for the uh, okay. French Revolution. 55, and let's assume yes. they're all about half an hour. So yeah. really, I'm looking at, you know, 20, 27, 28 hours of podcasts. But I tell you what, the best podcasts are the ones that you look back on after the fact and say, goodness gracious, I spent this much time on it, you know, when you're sat in your own filth because you haven't moved for like 50 hours. But yeah. <laughs> So I will. I'll stick with it, but mainly because you've asked that question and now I feel that the gauntlet has been thrown down. I mean, I did enjoy it, obviously, and I think it is one that I will continue to enjoy if I dig into it. But I think this could be a great opportunity for me to learn about the French Revolution. I mean, is it a good primer for someone like me? Is this a good way to get up to speed on the French Rev? Oh, yes, definitely. But um, I think with all uh, history podcasts, you can't just rely on the podcast for your information because you know lot, not, not this one but uh, mike duncan does make mistakes and he'll correct them often in in following episodes but there's lots of other podcasts that aren't as reliable so if you're um <laughs> you know don't take it as your only source of information really is what i'm trying to say so uh, but it's a good start nice. if you're if you're gonna go you know 55 episodes deep then you might as well go with mike duncan yeah that sounds like a, a start doesn't it 55 episodes 27 hours in the meantime we should probably turn our attention to another podcast another history podcast that you've put in our direction so what's the second recommendation okay second recommendation it's dan snow a tv historian really and his podcast is called history hit and um it's really really varied the podcast episodes sometimes he's interviewing a professor or someone that's released a book and they talk about what their book's about, or he might be taking a tour around a historical site, or often historical ships, often HMS Victory, which is one of my favourites. <laughs> and um, and then there's others where he will just have a quick flash episode that might put something in the news into historical context. So just as an example, when, well, it's probably last year with... Uh, nuclear testing in North Korea you know he put up a flash episode with a few people that were experts in the situation and just did a a brief history really of the uh, Korean Peninsula you know and it sort of gives you a perspective on the situation today Mm. but the episode I've recommended is another type he does which is not as often and that's an interview with a veteran and this is this time uh, it's Colonel Waddy, and he's a veteran of World War Two. And Dan Snow really takes you know some time to uh, trying to draw out from Colonel Waddy his experiences of World War Two and and what he went through really. Hmm. Colonel Waddy turns out to be a bit of a <laughs> uh, don't know personality, <laughs> and uh, he's got. You know, a few choice words in this episode and uh, talk of brothels and that sort of thing. But basically, <laughs> he taught Colonel Woody uh, joined the army uh, before the start of World War II and was deployed to India. He had a great life. He said it's uh, the same life that people of soldiers have lived in India for the previous couple of hundred years, mm. uh, which I think it means a life of style for him as he was an officer. I expect he would have had servants and all things like that in a nice house. And then you just follow his uh, journey um, as he gets posted to different parts of the world and then eventually um, becomes a prisoner and then uh, is liberated. And that's really it. What did you think? Um, yeah, I really like this one again. 
I sound really boring if I just say I really liked it. But it is true. I did really like it. I liked it because it it comes at history from a very different perspective, which is instead of looking at an event as an overarching event, you know, it would have been quite easy to approach this. And I'm sure it's been done a million and one times to approach the whole of World War II as, you know, in the same style as revolutions where you, you do an episode on the lead up to the thing and then what events contributed to the start of World War II and uh, what happened during it and what happened afterwards and that's fine but then I think sometimes the more interesting story is how did it affect individual people I really really enjoyed um, the conversation with Colonel Waddy and I, I enjoyed how Dan Snow had to kind of draw out some of the more interesting details because I felt (laughs) at the start there was a kind of um I think it's quite hard for someone who you know if if you're you know someone like Colonel Waddy you you, I think you take some details for granted when you've lived it and I think that's certainly the case for anyone in any walk of life you if you're already asked to recount a story or recount a moment in your history of something you've experienced you take a lot of the things you felt and a lot of the things that you've experienced for granted and you kind of forget to talk about them so I liked how pressing Dan Snow was in terms of asking you know how did you feel about this and did you feel this way or did you feel that way and and, uh, you know some would say that sometimes you know asking questions like were you nervous or was your heart beating out of your chest is kind of leading and can be misleading but I actually think you know one Colonel Waddy clearly has you know that British stoicism of saying not at all I was just kind of ready to go um but two I think it helps to kind of really draw out the detail of the um of the story so again I I found it like a really really intriguing episode and it's interesting Jack that you say that all all of the episodes of history hit are quite varied because I that was one of the things I was wondering because I thought actually how 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 much can you you know drag out this particular format can you can you continue to interview different guests who uh, were around and were alive and experienced World War II from their own perspective? Or, you know, would you would you focus on different historical events? And it sounds like Dan Snow's kind of come at it from a completely different angle, which is just to, just to do whatever's probably interesting. Um, so, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I was a big fan. I remember from a previous episode party episode, Freddie, that uh, when you had history lessons at school, you uh, saw, I think you mostly described Henry VIII as, um, or uh, who was the other guy, William Wallace, you were talking about as just these characters, really, and mm, you yeah. didn't really relate to them as people. You know, World War Two is definitely history but Colonel Waddy you can't say as a character can you when when he's alive and he's been interviewed mm. by Dan Snow yeah and gives a different perspective maybe you could apply that to Henry VIII and William Wallace and think of them as yeah as people as well exactly and I think you know I think half the problem with being taught about William Wallace was that we were primarily taught through the means of making us watch Braveheart which probably got me <laughs> the, the character which is where I probably yeah. thought of William Wallace as a character rather than a real historical <laughs> figure um but that being said no and i think i think that's the i think yeah i think it it does help to hear from people who are around at that time and obviously we don't have the benefit of going back as far as henry the eighth unfortunately no one's no one's quite got as far as to interview anyone that old yet but you know so this 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 felt quite rare and quite special because getting to a point now where people who've been affected by world war Two are you know, my 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 dad, for example, was born at the tail end of it. I've got grandparents and great aunties who were uh, refugees during during World War Two, who moved from London out to the countryside, and they can speak at it from their own experiences. But I think it's getting rarer that you can speak to someone who was in combat during that time and the fact that I didn't know obviously know who Colonel Waddy was before I listened to this podcast probably helped because he's obviously quite prolific as someone who is a still around but has served a very long and esteemed career in the military but outside of those circles he's not a well-known figure in the same way perhaps Henry VIII or William Wallace is so it helped in that sense to, to 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 hear a story from someone who is not famous. I think I'll 
describe it as which is probably a very inarticulate way of saying it but it did help and it did help to hear about it from uh it wasn't like a legend if you know what i mean i think i think there's you get all these kind of characterization characterizations around big historical figures so you know it's it's very easy to stereotype and it's very easy to uh create a kind of caricature of someone like henry the eighth who was a who was a food-loving womanizer, you know, you could say that about him. But with someone like Colonel Waddy, you get the kind of real nitty-gritty detail uh, about that person. And it's not, you know, it's remarkable what he did, but it's not remarkable in a way that you could create a caricature of it. And I think that's what makes it more real, I guess, even though it's I think uh, I think some aspects of him are characteristic of a soldier in that time. Mm. You know, he, he has his own biases. Like you said, um, when Dan Snow asks him about, you know, jumping out of a plane and, and taking flak, which is, you know, really being, being shot at by the Germans whilst he's in that plane, you know, he replies, it's all part of the job. Mm. And, uh, and then he applies that also to his soldiers. He says something like the British soldiers are fairly nonchalant chap. And, uh, you know, that's probably not true. You know, I mm. expect most of the guys in that, <laughs> in that plane were absolutely crapping themselves. But, um, <laughs> you know, he might still be in that role as as a colonel or, or whatever rank he held then, you know, um, where he has to keep up a front and, you know, not let his men down by appearing weak. Mm. Even, even, you know, maybe 70 years on from when those those moments actually happened. But then on the other side, you know, he seems really happy to criticise his superiors, which you wouldn't have expected of a mm. soldier then. Or maybe that is, is a fair representation. He absolutely goes ham on some of them, yeah. saying you know, <laughs> well. how rubbish they are, and he doesn't want some of them he didn't want to be uh, following and all this sort of thing. And he, that's the whole, he volunteers for the parachute regiment, and mm. Uh, mm. the whole reason of that is to get away from a commanding officer of his. Yeah. So, uh, I think there's, there's you know, aspects of, though, you know, without wanting to psychoanalyse too much, I think there's there's aspects of, of someone like Colonel Waddy who where, you know, stoicism is probably ingrained in as a coping mechanism for, for what you're experiencing. And I think in those situations, it seems to divide people between people who are utterly harrowed and and ruined by the experience and people who've kept a stiff upper lip the entire way through and have have, have come out of it quite literally alive and but then i think at the same time as you get older um which happens you know i can see it with elderly family members and you know elderly friends you, you just tend to lose your filter and i wonder whether the willingness to criticize his superiors is something that's come with age where you just tend to not care any monger about what people think of what you're saying but yeah and, and then it then it just makes me wonder you know if that's the case then it feels like it must be the case that he utterly 100 percent believes that the experience wasn't terrifying but just part of his job um and i feel like that's something that must be ingrained into you and you must you must have held that belief the entire way through in order to come out the other side of it and still feel that way yeah, I mean, yeah. it must be why it's, it must be a real coin toss for Dan, I think. And you hear it throughout the interview in the fact that he's clearly got a big arsenal of questions, or basically he knows the chronology of events and maybe the expectations of what probably did happen next so well that he's always armed with another question. I mean, as someone who interviews people, my big fear, I mean, this actually applies to just general conversation, is to ask a question and get a one-word answer. I mean, my blood runs cold. And, you know, the thought of stalled conversational momentum for me is a, is a really horrible thing. <laughs> and um, Dan Snow just seems completely immune to it. So any time he gets one of these one-word waddy answers, he just kind of rolls on to the next question, like he's ready to go, uh, which is great. And I think, obviously... This seems to be characteristic of Dan Snow generally, I mean, or at least in the episodes I've heard, that there's an almost an urgency to his questioning in that he very much is keeping this conversation alive, like he's rallying with the guest and like parrying back uh, the next question as soon as the conversation, you know, the last answer is let up. Which actually for me, I mean, it's funny you mentioned the Korean Peninsula episode as well. But that was the other episode that I'd heard of this, maybe because you recommended it. But I remember you saying that some of the more immediate episodes and the more interesting ones are those that do have an explicit modern leaning. And that one really got me. But you say it's a very varied podcast. Are there types of episodes that he 
he does which are, are more appealing to you are there some that maybe you could just skip over or how does it work out well sometimes it's down to what uh, period of history is covering covering so it's down to taste but in terms of the form of podcast i don't especially listen to the uh, interviews with people who've just released their book or something because <laughs> uh, obviously they've got an ulterior motive and it's not you know so free-flowing it's not structured actually it's opposite to structured often it, those episodes are quite messy but um <laughs> it's uh contained because they have got this one tight subject about whatever it is uh, this this person is an expert on so i tend to avoid those but dan snow history hit is just released so often it's absolutely one after the other it's a real history hit because uh, <laughs> <Is> it? <laughs> it's just so many you know probably you know at least a couple of weeks sometimes twice a day you know i'm getting uh, push notifications on my front phone left right and center from from dan snow so uh, <laughs> there is one good thing if if some lack in quality then there's definitely the uh, quantity to make up for it <laughs> so you don't don't have to listen to all of them but uh well, if you wanted to listen to another one after this, there's another episode with Colonel Waddy about um, his time, because he stays in the army after World War Two, because mm. he's from an army family, it seems, right. uh, from this episode, and he uh, goes to Vietnam, interestingly, as well. So, oh, uh, wow. You know, even as a, as a British soldier, as a sort of liaison to the uh, US Army in Vietnam. So hmm. that's a quite another interesting episode. And, like, controversially, in this episode, he talks about... Uh, you know, soldiers just looking for um, drink and brothels uh, in Cairo and Alexandria. In the next episode of his, when he's talking about Vietnam, he's quite scathing about the US Army there. And, ah, uh, you know, they, they, their uh, drug problems, really, he, which they did have. But he's, he says nearly all of the US soldiers were um, addicted to hard drugs, which isn't the case. So you do have to take it with a pinch of salt. But that's the thing I'm saying about uh, all history podcasts. Don't take them, you know, as your only source. You've got yeah. to get, yeah. go and investigate further. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's been said probably already, but I think having this subjective strand just going through the Second World War, particularly if your only basis for understanding it is a history lesson, you get that aerial, aerial view of the event and little else besides so to hear someone i mean someone going off to india i mean already you're sort of breaking out of the gcse curriculum that focuses very much on europe so that was nice to hear and does dan snow in the episode on vietnam does he take waddy to task and say hold on mate you're not exactly the bastion of you know moral superiority yourself you and your brothels or does he just leave that one to slide no, he doesn't because <laughs> Waddy doesn't say he. Colonel Waddy doesn't say he goes to brothels, so uh, well, he's, <laughs> he's, he's he's still got the moral high ground. Really. <laughs> he chooses his words carefully. He's just saying others, his soldiers, I think. So he says, uh, or the British soldiers, and especially he's quite uh, scathing about the uh, New Zealand, South Africans, and Australians at one point as well in in this episode. So yeah, well, I like that it ends with just him going "fuck off" in like a New Zealand accent, <laughs> yeah. and then he goes, "and that's the end of the episode." <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's quite that's quite an interesting part that he so he was made prisoner and then liberated by uh, the americans yeah. and he saw Patton come in i mean that's that's well not cool because he'd been a prisoner of war but Pretty you know, that's quite a moment to be liberated by Patton and and see that we have got one more recommendation that you've delivered to us jack and actually i think it follows on quite nicely from talking about one subjective perspective to now one that centres on a multitude of different experts. So if you could tell us about that final podcast. Okay, it's uh, called In Our Time with Melvin Bragg. And uh, this is a BBC Radio 4 show. And this is the podcast version of the radio show. And it's been going for years and years. And uh, they <laughs> have a topic and Melvin gets in normally uh, three experts on that topic and uh, they discuss it. It's not always history. I've listened to one about fungi, which was, uh, you know, not, not my favourite. <laughs> and um, But there's loads and there is really it describes itself as the history of ideas. So 
but there is tons and tons of history episodes you know 80 to 90 percent of them are history episodes and the episode i recommended the subject was the iliad because again because i thought you would know about troy um you know you would have heard of achilles am i uh, is that a stretch i'm not sure but um heard of both of those things yeah i mean they're definitely like english words that i've heard <laughs> No, well, um, you might have watched that film, Troy, with, uh, I think it's got Brad Pitt in or something. <laughs> Wait, I'll let you go from, so if you, do you know about the battle to, well, do you know Brad Pitt? So Yeah, you know that you know that guy Brad Pitt, he's been yeah, in the talk, film. Talk on our level, yeah. Well, my other choice, I almost went for um, Spartacus, <laughs> for the exact same reason that there's a film about Spartacus, and I thought, oh, that'll get him, they'll have watched that film. No. So, <laughs> have either of you watched Spartacus? No. Have you watched Spartacus? (laughs) I haven't, no. I feel like I've watched a bit of Troy, but I don't remember it very well, which is terrible. But I don't know a lot about Greek history, but I remember studying Greek history in school. So I have a rudimentary understanding of Greek history. I have been to Greece. Um, (laughs) uh, Descended quickly, didn't it? But I mean, uh, in my defence, it's one of those places where there are a lot of remnants of history that are perhaps more obvious than other countries and cities around the world where there is history but you have to look a bit harder for it i mean in greece depending on where you go in greece it's staring right at you quite often so it's hard it's hard to go to somewhere like greece and not be confronted by its history or not see how its history has shaped the country which is why i mentioned my travel credentials (laughs) i've seen greece the musical as well so (laughs) this is no doubt going to come in handy it's Uh, definitely the same so well really this is not uh i suppose this would be instead of straight history maybe maybe classics or something because you know really they're talking about a piece of literature Mm. which has history itself because you know it's written well they debate that on the show but you know 600 bc or something maybe it was uh written down or uh, made into some sort of lasting form so there is the history of the iliad but actually talking about the iliad i suppose isn't really history so hmm. maybe your trip to greece doesn't help. and and troy um, isn't in greece either so uh, th- there's that as well <laughs> doing so well, dear. well um, we, you know it was a lovely podcast anyway um now i i uh i really like in our time and um it is a podcast or a radio show rather that i check in with every now and then i mean just in fact a couple of weeks back i listened to one on echolocation which is a bit more in my wheelhouse i've listened to that yeah yeah what do you think of that it was um amazing oh Uh, i didn't i didn't realize how uh you know, complicated it was. Although they, when they were talking about how it was discovered, how the science was discovered, when uh, they talk about one scientist blinded oh, yeah. the bats to see if they could still fly around without knocking into things, I thought that was a bit mean. Yeah, I'm glad it moved on quite quickly from gouging yeah. animals' eyes out to like you know the wonder of uh, the mechanics with animals. I mean, yeah, I, so I I really like the, that one. I think it works really well as a podcast. I mean, there does seem to be a trend in the one that I've ones that I've listened to where someone brings in tea and coffee at some point and i think that's testament to the fact that it's a very informal discussion which melvin is very much at the head of i mean he seems so content to be the layman uh, and a very loud layman at that who will call <laughs> yeah. out his guests for saying stuff that maybe could be seen as too stuffy or requires a bit of uh, requisite knowledge to understand i mean he'll just cut them off you can you can almost hear his guests sort of gesturing into the air and getting really into it and then melvin's like don't get that tell me about it and and sort of cuts oh. them sure in this episode um he's too yeah in this in the iliad episode he uh i think sometimes he goes too far and he's he's (laughs) desperately trying to get uh so one of the uh people on there is paul cartledge one of his experts he's desperately trying to uh coax paul cartledge to say that uh aphrodite promised paris that he could have helen helen of troy in return for paris naming her the most uh, beautiful goddess yeah. and he's really and poor, Car- poor oh, cartilage yeah. <laughs> is just rambles on for a bit and melvin bragg is nudging him nudging him and, and paul cartilage is oblivious to what melvin bragg yeah. wants <laughs> just... and he really has to like go no he offered him something he offered him something what did he offer him <laughs> and, and i just think oh it's still he, 
uh, sometimes he steers it too much for me. But then on the flip side, he's really he's trying to wrangle them because yeah. you know they'll go off and talk about what they want. And then after the show finishes, so the the radio show finishes, and uh, they have about five to ten minutes of extra podcast material. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he. Uh, he asks them, oh, what did we miss? And they go, oh, we miss this, we miss this. This happens in so many episodes. Uh, <laughs> and they say, oh, oh, we miss this, we miss this. And uh, Melvin always says something like, well, you could have said that. Why didn't you say that? <laughs> and well, because you've been steering them so much, Melvin. I found, oh, that, I found me up. Melvin a, a really fascinating host because he really treads the line between someone who is there to kind of facilitate a conversation and someone who perhaps like gets involved on a level that's almost like <laughs> borderline uncomfortable. It's kind of like when you have, you're visiting your parents and you bring a friend round and your your friends in the same room and your friends just told you a really funny story and you want your friend to retell that story to your parents and you're like come on just like what was that you were just telling me there what was that thing and yeah, but then what happened and like that person is like really not feeling retelling this story and it was that kind of like level of like weird or uncomfortableness maybe that's only ever happened to me it almost jarred with me a little bit but then I also appreciate that when you're dealing with people who are academics it's easy to let them go off on their own tangents because they often have their own specific interests that aren't wide enough to please the whole room so sometimes it's really necessary to kind of bring them out of their bubble and get them to talk on a wider level which you know they can do but um his technique was somewhat combative in a way that it was weird but, yeah um not in a bad way just just in a slightly light it kind of made me stop and you know it took me out of listening to the conversation and more made me wonder about the mechanics of the conversation i really liked it because I think it gets the gets the experts into the kind of space where actually they start contesting each other quite freely. And that bit actually you referred to, Jack, about the fact that there's a bit of unknown about exactly when the Iliad was written and by whom. There's clearly some disagreement there, which does... I mean, it's polite. They're not calling each other terrible names, but I mean, they're... You know, they're very overt in what they disagree on, and but they're doing it within a, an informal kind of context. And so it feels like you're just hearing people bickering, but in the best way. Like it's a form of contesting and debating that you can kind of relate to because it just sounds like a conversation. There was a uh, good part uh, where Edith Hall, who's uh, one of the academics on this, uh, is trying to put forward her point of view uh, that she calls it, um, you know, a hive mind approach. You know, that the reason the epic poem is mm. so good is that, um, you know, over hundreds of years, hundreds of people had input mm-hmm. into it. And Melvin asks, and uh, is there any evidence for that? <laughs> and just a, a, one breath before Edith can respond, just in the background, you hear the uh, other person, Barbara, go, no. <laughs> <laughs> Edith Which I found really interesting, on. because I'm pretty sure Edith started off by saying there's lots of evidence to suggest, or something along those lines. Yeah, she uses like... Yeah, yeah, she, so there, there is, and, and with lots of episodes, there's, there's often friction between the people people they have on because Mm. they have different opinions and like they said i think in this episode sometimes uh careers can be made or broken by what side of uh the uh, opinions you sit on yeah and you know and if you're fashionable or not so (laughs) it's not you know it's quite important that you know edith saying she believes it was a high mind hive mind approach Mm -hmm. but uh you know obviously barbara did not agree with that. <laughs> Barbara wanted her voice heard there. Um, yeah. I mean, how have you read the Iliad, Jack, or like done? I mean, how much do you know about it going into this? Mm, do I should I be honest here or not? Because I did. Uh, well, we're not going to hear you, are you? We haven't. Seen... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we I know a Troy was. Come on. <laughs> but. but um, People listening to this podcast who know me will uh, will know the <laughs> oh, truth. I, I, because I did it, uh, so I, I studied ancient history in part. You know, I had modules that were which were more classics, really, and there must have been at least three modules where I should have read the Iliad, 
but I can't say I've ever read it cover to cover. Um, so no, is the answer, <laughs> I guess. Well, thank you for your honesty on episode five. Yeah. It's good that the public know now the truth. Um, yeah. But, uh, well, I saw the BBC streamed like a 15-hour performance of it a few years back. Did you see that? That would have been easier to digest for you, did you? Did you catch that? No, no, I okay, can't catch that. All right, okay, never mind. Well, sorry, <laughs> we might release this, we might not. Clearly he's not an expert, but you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is horrible. We shouldn't be doing this. We're both really ignorant to this, Jack. And we've, we've, just, we've just totally trust Jack. Oh, and no. Not, he's yeah, he's no. far more qualified than we'll ever be combined. So it doesn't matter that you didn't read the early ad. I'm more of a Odysseus kind of guy, so... Uh, I like the Odyssey, which which you could say is the sequel. <laughs> that's that's my kind of thing. Nice. Well, this has been really great. I mean, it's, it really has opened my world to these podcasts and made me think that actually there is going to be something in there for me within history podcasts and, a, and an avenue that uh, I definitely want to be exploring more of. I mean, are there any honourable mentions or other podcasts that are, you know, you... you also listen to that you think are worth bringing up for anyone else who's really got a taste by now yes there's well history chicks i should mention them uh-huh. because you've had them on yeah. yes uh, that their podcast is excellent there's two reasons i didn't choose it because i do listen to it one is that obviously they focus on uh, women in history and just because well because uh you know of the patriarchy and and also the historiography of different subjects women don't feature very heavily in periods that i'm interested in so mm. lots of his, lots of history tricks episodes are more modern history i don't know like coco chanel is, is the one i've recently listened to yeah uh, ada lovelace you know, that's another one I listened yeah to. yeah really interesting but just not my period and also um their episodes are quite a lot longer than the podcast i've recommended which i didn't want to uh, knock you for six on <laughs> i feel I like you've to... really done your research on us as listeners <laughs> yeah. jack because you yeah. probably picked up on the fact that i have a really short attention span because these all spanned a really nice length for me to really pay attention to oh uh, yeah i used to get instant reviews on our performance by text from jack <laughs> <laughs> i feel like you know i i do listen i've uh, i stopped after about episode uh seven maybe and then i've picked it back up again of your of your your this podcast we're uh, doing right now oh, and uh it's great you can tell though i was trying to get you to be enthusiastic about my history podcast because you can tell you know you're you're never mean about podcasts but unless you're really enthusiastic then <laughs> i uh, i won't listen to it like there's there's one um Oh, you've done a couple of specials as well, haven't you? So S-Town was one. Yeah, yeah. And so I listened to that. Oh, actually, when I listened to that, um, I listened to like the first three or four episodes and then I downloaded a new podcast app. So I was listening and then the next podcast automatically, you know, the next one automatically played and it was the last episode. No. I got like 15 minutes in. And I won't say anything, you know, spoilers and all that, yeah. but there's a real big development in uh, S-Town, isn't there? Yeah. But I just, I missed a load of episodes out, found out just out of the blue. I, I couldn't work out what was going on at first, and then, oh, right, yeah, I'm listening to the last episode, <laughs> <laughs> not episode four. Oh, but, um, and the other one is Reply All. I've listened to that as well from oh, your recommendations. Oh, nice the, uh, one. The two episodes about them... Uh, Tracking down that cold caller. Oh, so yeah. That was quite good. Oh, that yeah. is a good, good little story arc there. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Did, you, did you like so, it? Yeah, really good. Yeah, because I, you know, I almost exclusively listen to history podcasts. So trying to branch out and, you know, get out my shell a bit. So it does help with that. Um, <laughs> but I've got, I've, I do have others um, lined up. I just can't drag myself away from my history podcast. So I've got like a. Is there one called Mogul you recommended? Sounded really interesting. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Jack, you would <laughs> love that one. Which, in a way, is a history podcast. It's very, very recent history. Yeah, but yeah I did think about that, yeah. But, you, you saying it, but I hadn't listened to it, so I couldn't recommend it. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think there is like an element of that, actually, when I think about it, there are probably shows that I listen to that are 
what could probably be classed as very very recent history yeah, like and there are shows like i think i've got a slow burn in my queue at the moment which is a podcast that originally they talked about the watergate scandal mm-hmm. um which is kind of goes through that step by step and is a lead up to it and yeah that is probably by category a history podcast but um i've really appreciated jack you taking us through some podcasts that maybe fit more within the um the periods of time that you are particularly interested in because they're, they're certainly not areas that i would naturally draw myself to um or be drawn to so uh this has been really really good yeah bit of mutual back scratching there by the sounds of it introducing each other to new types of pods um yeah good i mean Jack, we should mention, it would be rude of me not to, that you're obviously an independent sawmill operator. That feels particularly relevant here. But, I mean, um, if people want to check you out online, uh, and also I I thoroughly recommend getting on the um, Jack's Lumber social media channels and keeping up to date on Instagram. But, um, but yeah, where should people go if you want to send them anywhere online to keep up to date with what you're doing? Yeah, Jack's Lumber Instagram is where it's at for <laughs> all your sawmilling needs. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't export from the UK yet, so if you're abroad, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Good slogan, that. Um, yeah, catchy. I mean, if you're just interested, I suppose you can watch from afar. It's just that you know, placing an order won't really do much good. Oh yeah, if you're, uh, you know, I'm as I have one. I'm a sawmill pervert, so I've I've got loads of uh, <laughs> sawmill Instagrams all over the place that I'm following. So uh, yeah, if you if you're just a weirdo and you're into sawmills, then you can follow me there. <laughs> Excellent, fantastic. And for less sawmill-oriented social media, Freddie, where should people go to follow us? You can find us at episode underscore party on twitter um we are also at www.episode.party for uh full show notes with all of jack's recommendations in and a link to the sawmill instagram that we have really hopefully bigged up enough that you're going to follow absolutely well jack thanks so much this has been really good thanks for coming on and sharing these podcasts with us oh is he gone Oh, I'm back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> was I supposed to say goodbye or something? <laughs> I was no, going to say, I, I, you know, I wanted uh, your welcome or something, but, you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, that's true. I didn't really lead it very well. Well, on that note, I've been Jack Tutor. I've been Freddie Harrison. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Hi, it's Jack again. Thank you so much for listening to Episode Party. If you've been enjoying the show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. It would mean a lot. Thank you so much. Goodbye. What's going on? (laughs) I'm still recording this.